I'm Jesse Parker. And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 20 of The The Faith Faith Chair, where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And on today's episode, Jesse and I talk about how to find positivity during this corona pandemic. I hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Hey, what's up? It is Friday, and we are back with another installment of The Faith Chair. What's good? It's your boy, uh, Black, and your, and your boy, White. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> we are here. Um, and we are clean. Hands are clean. Uh, anybody sick uh, over here? The you may the hear me cough every once in a while. He might cough, but he's good. The equipment is clean; it's disinfected because um, I want to keep Jesse safe and him going back to his I appreciate wife. That. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Keeping everything straight. But uh, <clears throat> we hope everyone is faring well. I just found out that a, a friend of mine. Um, who lives in Tennessee, she's about 26, she's 26, is tested positive last night for uh, COVID. So we'll be praying for, praying for her and anyone out there whose family members are, are sick, family or friends who are sick, we'll be, we'll be praying for you guys. But we wanted to talk today about um, how to find positivity in this whole situation. So how can we, what are some practical ways that we can find positivity uh, in this situation? Maybe just some practical ways that uh, you've heard other people mention, you've seen other people mention, and even some things that, you know, that uh, we find in Scripture. Because Paul gives us a lot of things. Basically, a bunch of all his letters, pretty much, um, not all of them, but um, most of his letters, most of his most encouraging letters were written while he was in prison mm-hmm. or while he was in some sort of dire situation. Um, he's sending out these encouraging messages. So what are some ways that we could find positivity during this time? Yeah. Well, you know, it's the proverbial, you know, when life gives you lemons, right? Yeah. It's like we, we have, we each have a choice to, you know, just freeze up, hunker down, cower in fear, frustration, get angry about all the different things that are happening, blame the government for all these restrictions, you know, uh, blame the media for for overblowing the virus. All yeah. these all these different kinds of things, right? Redirecting all this negative energy, um, or or we can we can look for the the positive, look for the opportunities, um, look for the the gifts that may present themselves in the midst of right. of what for a lot of us is a really big timeout. Yeah, it's like you know this virus is putting a lot of us on a really big life timeout. And uh, and there's definitely there's definitely some positives that, that can be found there. You know, I saw 
saw some posts recently where some people were, were just talking about some of the realities that are being experienced right now around around um, you know Washington around our nation with the virus and you know uh, one of them was like families are spending a heck of a lot more time together yeah than they typically do um, you know kids are, are getting to spend the day with both of their parents yeah you know or you know one parent whatever the household is um, and we're it, going hiking today yeah you guys are going hiking today so there's 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 definitely some opportunities there for for us to to really press into the opportunity to to, to build, rebuild, right. reconnect the relationships closest to us, the ones in, in our own home, the ones yeah. in our own family. Um, reconnecting maybe with, with grandparents or older relatives who maybe need some, some help and some support um, during this time in terms of, you know, being able to stay home so... They need people in the family to take care of some of the out, outside stuff, right? right. You know, uh, springtime yard work and grocery shopping and stuff like that, picking up meds, different things, and and so I think there's a I think one of the biggest areas where there's a, there's a there's a positive to be found in the midst of all this is 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 spending that intentionally spending that time like yeah don't don't let don't let this however long this this time out is with the kids out of school we know it's until at least April twenty fourth. Or 27th actually um, and, and a lot of people have been sent home from work yeah a lot of people are working from home um, and this is what we've been encouraging like our youth group too. like don't spend these next six weeks like just on your phone and playing video right games. you know uh, make make use of it right we're telling the kids like hey catch up on all your missing homework assignments um, do whatever homework the teachers are assigning you so that you can hit the ground running when school starts back up. Right. Um, and with families, I think there's an opportunity to, to reconnect. There, I, I know, you know, I don't know the specific statistic, but I know just in our uh, experience working with young people, just how few families sit down and have dinner together yeah. around the table anymore. How, how, how little time uh, kids get with their parents you know they're at school all day and then they come home and then a few hours later mom and dad or whoever come home and they're tired from working you got an hour maybe two and then everybody goes to bed right like, and and now all of a sudden we're home all day together right and and that could be stressful that could that could be um, frustrating um, it's a definitely going to be a new reality new experience for people um, and so there definitely could be some difficulties there but I think there's an amazing opportunity to really kind of reconnect the family yeah. unit to each other. This is almost like a reset. Yeah. It, it feels like a reset. It kind of reminds me of this show. Uh, there was a show I watched called uh, Revolution. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah, the premise of the show was like, you know, and they didn't know at the beginning of the show why, but at some point, like, all of a sudden, everything electrical in the world stopped working. Yep. And so society had this whole complete, like, reset, and all of a sudden, there wasn't any electronics. There were, you know, cars... Uh, uh, you know, motor type, nothing, nothing like nothing. that worked yeah. anymore, and so all of a sudden, there was this complete social reset. And uh, I think we have a temporary opportunity to do that right now. Yeah. And, and and I think I think like from a church standpoint, a lot of what we've been talking about is how 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 do we press into continuing ministry in this scenario, yeah. but also. What 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 parts of what we're ha being forced to press into right now are actually something really valuable yeah. that would be useful to continue after? 
you know? Uh, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Because what are the things that, as ministry leaders, even, even as families, that we neglected because of the rent, the bills, the, um, uh, if you have employees, having to pay them, and I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to um, do X, Y, and Z anymore because these other things are more pressing. But now we have a chance to look. We have a chance to uh, reevaluate and say, yeah. oh my gosh, I was neglecting X, Y, and Z. Now I have time to re-implement that. And maybe after this is all done, I can find a way to keep that going. Yeah. You know, uh, and look at what's more, look at really what matters in this, in this time. It's a great time to start, uh, to look again at what matters the most. You know, yeah. this does, does working all hours of the night, coming home, seeing my family, giving them a kiss, sending them to bed, them not really knowing me, me not really knowing them. Uh, does that really matter? Yeah. I was listening to a podcast today where um, uh, the host was saying, you know, the dads, because it's primarily, you know, the men are going out to work. I know a lot of ladies are the uh, main breadwinners of a lot of homes today, but historically it has been more men going to work, coming home. The wives were home already, keeping the house. They'll say things like, well, Everything I'm doing is for you. I'm doing all this for you, but the wife and the kids don't even know this person who's doing everything for me. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're just leaving me money, but what about the time? You you miss the games, you miss the shows, you miss the performances, you miss the lessons, you missed, you know, all this stuff. So like, this is a great time to be like, oh my gosh, reevaluate what really matters yeah. most, you yeah. know? Yeah. It reminds me of uh, this song from uh, Casting Crown's first album. Uh, I think it was called American Dream or something like that. And and the whole song was about this guy going out and trying to build build his kingdom on the sand. Mm. And uh, and all the things he was doing, and while at the same time he was losing his family, and and ends up at the end, you know, just with brokenness. Wow. And 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 that's I, I think. I think what we're seeing a lot is is that uh, you know some families are po are maybe uh, finding out right now that they can survive on less income. Yeah. You know maybe not living at the standard they'd like to live at, but that they can they can make it on yeah. on less income, and that maybe they could have more time with their family. And and I hope that like during this time that that we might have a chance to realize that that's actually more valuable. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, like, you know, ministry, people are like, well, how are we going to stay connected with people? And all of a sudden you got pastors who are, you know, individually calling their congregations every week and, and FaceTiming and, yeah. and checking in on people and how are you doing? And, and it's like, well, how come, how come we weren't always doing that? You right. Know? And it, it, and it, it took it, this to bring it out. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what I mean when I'm like, I think, I think that in this time, however long this lasts, you know, and thankfully, you know, Washington went on a lockdown yet. Who knows if we're going to get there? California's on lockdown. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of different realities all around the country, all around the world right now with with different uh, local and national governments taking different uh, approaches to dealing with this. But however long your particular reality lasts, yeah. I think there's an opportunity to find some things 
that should have always been a part of our normal, and we just didn't realize it. We mm. didn't know what we were missing. We didn't, That's or true. maybe we didn't value it as yeah. much as we should have. And during this like timeout slash reset slash kind of forced evaluation, I, uh, we can find some things and discover some things that that need to be more important in our life. You know, uh, the. That, that song I was referencing obviously comes from the parable that Jesus tells about building building your house yeah. on sand. And, um, you know, we were, we, we did our, I did my first Bible study through Zoom yesterday. Um, and that was really cool. It went really well. And uh, we, we were, we're studying 1 Corinthians and we were at the end of, of chapter, chapter 3. And kind of right in the middle of, of chapter 3, Paul talks about um, this, this building on the foundation of Christ. Um, right, that every believer has a foundation of Christ, but on top of that is built is built things. He doesn't he doesn't really go into specifics of what those things are, but I'll call it like our discipleship, yeah. um, uh, our our faith walk, our Christ likeness is built on this foundation, right? And so we all have a strong, firm foundation. But he talks about the things that are built um, are built from from gold and silver and fine jewels, but also from hay and straw and wood. And, and the commentary talks about how like Paul Paul doesn't Paul doesn't characterize any of those things as bad. Yeah. But there's this question of will they survive the test of the fire? Right. The test of eternity, the judgment of right. God. And 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 that there's things that we build with sometimes that are just wood, straw, hay, um, and 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 they're they're okay. They're not bad, right? But they're not eternal, and they're not the things that. And if we make up too much of the infrastructure of our of our discipleship, of our faith walk, of our Christ likeness from those uh, temporary non eternal things, yeah. um, then when the fire comes, the the structure is going to collapse. Yeah, and we're still going to get to heaven, and right, and it talks right. about that in in First Corinthians chapter three. We're still going to get to heaven. <coughs> Told you guys a little cough. Uh, basically, by the the skin of our teeth, right? But but that's not how we want. That's not how we want to go through. Right. We want it. We want to build something that's worthwhile and that lasts. And I think, I think in this season, we all have an opportunity um, to identify maybe some things that we have made too prominent in our lives that are really their wood, their straw, their hay. Right. They're not. They're not eternal. They're not things that are eternally important. And and maybe redefine some of the priorities in our life, and really press into the things that matter, the things that are going to last. Uh, one of one of the uh, people in the Bible study pointed out that like no matter what we do, if, if we're not doing it with love, it, it essentially becomes straw hay and wood automatically. It. Right. That, that's the, one of the things that has been bothering me throughout this whole time, is that people have been categor have been have been really championing championing faith over anything else, but excluding what Paul talked about was one of the main, main ingredients to make faith uh, a faith cake properly taste good. Yeah. If you put faith in the oven and you don't... One of the other things that James said was add works to that. Paul said add love to that. Yeah. We're completely taking out the love. Faith, hope, and love, right? But We're the taking it out, right. Yeah. We're taking it out and just saying faith. Yeah. And um, and we talked about this last week about how we we this our faith isn't going to work unless we are caring for people. 
I don't really love you. My, what does my faith say if I don't love you? Yeah. Like, what good is me exercising this faith if I don't care anything about you? Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I it's, um, that, I, I'm grateful that other people are, 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 are seeing that, the folks in, in the Bible study that you're talking about, um, uh, are seeing that, oh my gosh, it's, we have to exercise love with our faith. Yeah, right. That's the whole, uh, Paul was talking about that in Galatians. I, I think it's Galatians 5. Because he was talking about with the Jews wanting to be circumcised and everything. He was like, oh, you don't need exactly. You don't need that. That's a perfect line back to, like, is it bad to be circumcised? Right. No, it's kind of like being baptized. Like, it's a... You're making a commitment to God, and, yeah. and there's there's no nothing wrong with a Christian uh, desiring to be uh, circumcised. The problem was that they were saying it was required. It was required, right? right? But but is that an eternal thing? No, that's that's straw hay and wood. There's nothing right. wrong with it, but you don't want to build too much of your life around things like that. And, and you think about so many of the things that um, that divide us that are kind of falling by the wayside right now. Um, uh, styles of worship. All of a sudden, nine out of ten churches are doing a real simplified acoustic set, right? Yeah. Because because we don't have the equipment or the know-how to be able to do a full worship team on a on an online broadcast. You know, and so people are able to experience that. I was seeing I was seeing this crazy thing. I was like, I don't think we could ever do this in Washington because of our crazy weather. But uh, people are doing drive-in church. Yeah. Where, where I was like, that's crazy. And they got the FM transmitting. They got pictures yeah. of people, people with their hands out the window of the yeah. car praising yeah. and everything. And it's just like we're experiencing different a different kind of reality. Some cool and stuff. And maybe being exposed to the fact that a lot of the stuff that we thought was, like, necessary. Come on in here, really, really isn't necessary. <laughs> right. For us to have church. It's not necessary for us to do ministry. Right. It's, I, I was, you know, one of those, uh, um, I think it was a Babylon Bee uh, Post and it was like uh, churches provide uh, fog machines. Uh, yeah, provide American families with fog machines. Hilarious at home, right? To have that Hilarious. You know, and so there's an opportunity, maybe that. that uh, and, and, and again, I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that the virus is God's wrath and punishment. It's definitely not that. Like that again. That's that's an Old Testament kind of view of of God. Not that He changes, but we live under a different covenant now. Yeah. Um. And and, and we have to understand that most most of the things wrong in this world are are of human design. That's right. And and a, a result of sin and brokenness in the world. Um. But I do know that God works through everything. He 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 didn't. He may not have caused it. Intended it. Right. Um. Or desired it, but he's going to work through it. That's right. He's going to use it. And so I think I think that there's an opportunity for us as Christians and for us as the church and for us as pastors and church leaders in this in this season to 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 pull away from some of the the, the extra stuff. Yeah. The unnecessary extra stuff. You know, especially when you think about how much time and resources we invest in a lot of those extra things. Right. And again, I'm not saying, just like circumcision, I'm not saying that fog machines and lights and LED walls are bad. Right. Right? But but I think what we can, what we're going to discover and continue to discover in this season is that they're definitely not necessary. They're definitely not necessary. That's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'm so glad. You and, and I think it's exactly the same thing at yeah. home, right? Yeah. 
we're, we, if there's nothing wrong with, and I'm blowing myself up because we just bought one for my wife's birthday, 70 inch TV, you know, uh, Mercedes, Lexus, uh, 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 what's Lamborghini, the, what, Lamborghini like what, yeah. Tesla, whatever. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with those things, but are they necessary? And like we were talking about, is the trade-off of the work that you have to do to pay for those things worth the loss right. of time and relationship and connection with your family? Right. Um, because I think a, a lot of people in, in America, we know this to be fact, who, who own things like that, live things like that, are doing so because they're working 60, 80 hours, they're in debt, and yep. they're stressed because they're in debt, and they're working multiple jobs, and then mom and dad both have to Somebody's work. Somebody's losing. And, and we all know this out in Washington because it costs a lot to work out here. Most families are going to have both parents, if they're in the home, both working. And so, you know, we've lost a lot of that connection and investment. My wife and I, we see it when, as we work with young people. We see the impacts of that. Yeah. And I think now, all of a sudden, you get this opportunity to look at your life through a different lens to to imagine, if you will, kind of a, a Scrooge type scenario mm-hmm. where it's like, what would my life be like? Or, or um, a, this, uh, what's it called? A Wonderful Life. Yeah. What, let's, let's imagine a scenario where I wasn't trying to provide all of this stuff that I now realize is unnecessary. Absolutely. Um, it's not bad. It's, it's not just, bad. It's just unnecessary. It's just unnecessary. And, and, right. and, <clears throat> and, and we get, place too much of a priority on it. Yeah, and, and I think we have an opportunity here in this in this season to have an accurate weighing of the scales. Right. And and I encourage you guys, if you're at home with your kids, if you're off of work for a period of time and you're living in a different reality maybe than you've ever lived in um, as a family, uh, don't 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 let everybody just chill on their screens. Yeah. Uh, engage with each other in a different way. Play some games together, do a puzzle. Uh, I, I, there's this uh, young adult at our church, uh, Warren, he's a friend of ours, and uh, and he was just posting his his ne- nephew, I think it was, um, like cre- made his own game for the family to play, like created a game. So dope. I was like, how cool would that be if you were just like, hey guys, let's create a family game that's just for our family. Like, we made this game. Like, that. That's, think about all this That's awesome old school stuff, stuff right? right? Like, oh, go play outside. Right. right. We may not be able to play outside for... Yeah. Think about all we don't the know stuff what's gonna that can come but... out of this. It's, it's literally yeah. like diamonds being formed in the walls of volcanic uh, of volcanic tunnels. Yeah. Like so many amazing things can come out of this, but if we're if we're sulking as as um, as church leaders or or business leaders. And we're sulking, oh my God, they're shutting us down. We, we can't go to work. We can't do X, Y, and Z. If you if you rather sulk than look at it as an opportunity, then you will miss out on the amazing diamonds that can be produced in this time. Um, we, we had a great talk last night before we went to bed um, about, um, we talked about scripture. We talked about the current state of the world today and, and why people are uh, walking away from not necessarily God, but from the church. And, and we stayed up as a family sitting here in the living room talking about that and the kids were engaged. It, it yeah. was awesome. Um, my daughter beat me in ping pong. <laughs> we played ping pong on that little table over there. My wife and I played. Uh, we're just spending 
time together. Um, we're going to be in the studio recording tomorrow, my daughter and I, um, uh, a song that she wrote. But we're just spending time together, uh, which is, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Do I have time like that when she's in school, when my wife is working, when my wife is not uh, working from home? No, I don't necessarily have time. But we make time during the week to do other things. So, and that was another thing I wanted to say. Now that this is going on, and you're considering incorporating some of the things, some of, the, some of these positive activities, some of these positive mindsets, uh, to incorporate them after the ban is lifted and um, COVID-19 is, is a little bit more under control, you're gonna incorporate these things um, you're, you're just coming in on something that a lot of people have been incorporating. I was, b before this even happened, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, there are people who have had strategies in place for disasters, for wrenches in the, uh, in the cog, because they knew one day something is going to happen and I have to be prepared for that, I don't want to freak out. I don't want to lose it. I'm going to have this in place. And people have had that. And a lot of people are are um, are flourishing in this in this particular time because they've already had these strategies yeah. put in place. They already they're already getting up at five anyway to go run. Doesn't matter that the gym is closed. You know what I'm saying? They already they already have their workout routine at the house already set in place or they already have their reading schedule or they already have their writing schedule so um you're if that wasn't you we really encourage you to start implementing some of these strategies so that if this happens again or if it lasts long if it lasts longer than what we expected to you're not going to be caught off guard i was also thinking about the navy seals this week um they trained them to not forget their training mm -mm. in harsh times. Yeah. But a lot of people, because they haven't implemented any strategies, this time is squeezing the crap out of them. Yeah. And what's coming out is not good. Yeah. And um, we have to have that Navy SEAL mentality, put myself in situations. So when, uh, so when a real situation happens, I know not to like in using football terms, I know how to, I know what to do when a fumble happens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, we go through fumble plays so that when a fumble happens on the, on the field, yeah. we know exactly what to do. Yeah. You know, and that, that reminds me of one thing that I wanted to encourage people to, because was I'm, I'm seeing in, in some of the groups that I'm in and some of the people I know I'm seeing the impact of it. Um, whether you are out of work or not, I know even those of you who are out of work or may soon be out of work, um, you know, the government's already putting stuff into play um, to help help compensate for that, help your employers to continue to pay you and things like that. And I know it's not going to be perfect, <clears throat> but I want to encourage you guys to still tithe. Um, we don't just tithe when we have plenty. Um, that's not the principle of God. But um, there's, there's churches that are looking at closing their doors, and there's pastors who are getting laid off at the drop of a hat, no notice. Yeah. Um, I was just reading a post 
uh, from from a, a youth pastor in her church uh, later off, and basically told her, you know, so it's not awkward. Um, we just want a clean break, and so she's like, not only did I just lose my job, but I just lost. I just lost my childcare for my kids. I just lost my faith family, my support group. Like they're basically saying, like you know, because we're laying, because you're laying off, being laid off, don't come to the church anymore. Is essentially what, what they told her, um, which isn't great, it, you know. But you have to recognize, like it's not just jobs that people lose when they get laid off from churches, right? Um, and so I'm gonna encourage you guys in this time, uh, don't don't be fearful and and try to withhold. Um, Continue to be givers. Continue to be generous. Continue not just to be in your generous. ties to the church, but just be generous um, in general. Um, this this is an opportunity for the church to find something positive in terms of being that proverbial New Testament church that we all like to talk about. Um, but we don't. You like said it. you said continue to be ger- ger- generous. I want to say start being generous. Start being some being, of y'all, start some being. of us aren't generous at all. Yeah. If you're one of the person who hoarded hand sanitizer and toilet paper, maybe start passing that to your to your neighbors, but, <laughs> right. but you know, the new when we talk about oh, we want to be the New Testament church, the New Testament church in Acts, the ones who had gave to the ones who didn't, so that no one was in need. Right. Um, and so there's many of us. Um, That's what it says. Many no of us who haven't money. lost our job or haven't lost our income. Those of us who maybe had the foresight to have have a stockpile already. The, those of us who hey, look, no judgment, panicked a little bit, and 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 bought up a whole bunch of stuff that we may not necessarily need. There's those in need. That's right. Um, so let's continue to be generous to the church and make sure that our pastors and our staff are taken care of during this season too because uh, they have no backup. They have no big corporation. Um, they have no federal bailout um, to help them pay their salaries. It comes from you. And, um, and, then, and then outside of that, be generous to our brothers and sisters and to our neighbors. Um, you know, Jesus said, you know, the question, who's your neighbor? And then told the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. So it's not just your brothers and sisters in your own church, but it's the people you live around. It's the people in your community. It's the elderly who maybe can't go out on their own. Yeah. Um, we all have an opportunity to show a level of um, generosity, maybe even a level of sacrifice in the midst of that. Absolutely. Um, where we can go with a little bit less. I, it was funny, uh, somebody else I was talking to, they were talking about one of the new realities is that with the stores all sold out and everything, people are being forced to buy healthy food. Oh, because that. Because the healthy food is not sold out. <laughs> all the junk food, all the junk food is sold out. Oh my gosh, we but, but, but the, You go to whatever store, guess what? The produce section is fully it's stocked. There's a lot of kale. There's a bunch right. of kale in there. And so maybe 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 one of the opportunities is we're discovering how to live to live a little bit healthier Man. and that we don't need all that junk. And um, like I hope said, y'all are here. I hope y'all are hearing what we're saying. And just, you just said something. The opportunity there. Maybe this is an opportunity there to change our lifestyle. Yeah. Man, that's to do with less, it. to do healthier, yeah, um, and, and not just healthy physically, but healthier emotionally, yeah, healthier relationships, healthier families, healthier marriages, um, healthier finances, yeah. Um, all of the, we're being being presented with an opportunity to really evaluate our our previous realities in all of those aspects, yeah, and 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 maybe find a, a safer and healthier equilibrium in a lot of places and then again i think i think the key is like you said let's not be let's not be like the hebrews 
and just forget the lesson as soon as the emergency is over. Right. Like let's let's learn what we're what we can learn in this. Maybe Having what God is intending for us yeah. to learn in this, and then hold on to it. Let's not just go back to the status quo after this. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, just the way people are coming together, and um, I love the fact that a lot of our, our young adults and our young adults group at our church were like, "Hey, we're we're available. We're 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 not working right now, but we're you know we're getting paid, so we're good. <laughs> but if there's anybody in the church who needs." A, you know, a run to get groceries. Yeah. Anybody needs to get taken somewhere, doctor's appointment. I've been seeing like, that all the time. Kind of if, if people need to get to their jobs but can't take public transportation anymore, like they're stepping up and saying, "Hey, you know, I'm here. I'm available." You know, that's awesome. And obviously, we may not always have that kind of time, but just this idea of like how people are showing up for each other. Yeah. Like, why does it have to only be in emergency situations? This um, should be the norm. Like, it, yeah. it, it should be, especially for the believer. Yeah, especially for the believer, this is how our everyday should look. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm not saying that that's how my everyday has looked, uh, unfortunately. But um, I I have had those moments where the Holy Spirit has convicted me, and was like, I'm trying to use you in this particular moment in this person's life. Yeah. And you are trying to rush past it, and I and I've had to say, Oh my God, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I see it. It hasn't been every time, but there have been times where it has been loud and clear and I have received the message. But, yeah. um, and there's this idea yeah. of, <clears throat> like, when we have emergency situations like this, it brings, <clears throat> it brings our collective need to the forefront. Yeah. So, like, you know, we're kind of, we're seeing it kind of politically right now, like, a lot, a lot of the presidential election was, you know, obviously Republican versus Democrat, and, he, and, and it was, it was very, it was capitalism versus this idea of like democratic socialism and people being all against handouts and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff and all against, you know, nationalized healthcare and all these things, and then all of a sudden there's an emergency, and, right. and then everybody is pretty much on the same page of like, yeah. Send us all a check. Yes, government. Right. Help, help everyone be able to still get their paychecks. Yes, uh, help us, you know, uh, uh, subsidize health care and, and boost the economy and forgive student debt. And all of a sudden, people are much more for these things. And I think the idea is that, like, the need is always there. Yeah. The need has always been there. And so even when we come out of this pandemic and things get a little bit back to quote-unquote normal, we can still live in the way that we found to live, where maybe we've simplified our life, yeah. um, where we put ourselves in, by simplifying our life, put ourselves in a, in a position to maybe be more generous with our ex- extra finances, or or not have to work for so much finances and yeah. spend more time with our family. Um, and, and the need is, it's, it's not like there's not gonna be, you know, hundreds of thousands of kids uh, going hungry after the pandemic. It's not gonna be like, there's not going to be families who need help. There's not going to be like, there's not going to be people who still need medical right. you know, coverage. Um, in, it's in, not in other words, wider scale. Yeah. In other words, well, not even wider. It's just, it's so prominent. It's in our right. face right now, but let's not let that reality fade into the background when right. we come out of this, right. but instead recognize, Oh, I found a new normal that, that I'm, I'm good living with a, a life of, of peace, of health, of um, 
of sim- maybe simplicity that allows me to to serve and to bless those around me. That's huge. And so even though it may not be as obvious who those are in need, trust me, they're there. Yeah. And we can find them and we can serve them and we can love them and we can connect with our, our own faith community and those outside of our faith community in the same way we're, we're going to be doing right now. We can continue to do that afterwards because it's not like the need is going to disappear. It's just yeah. going to change. But it, it, there's so much of it there. It never disappears. We're just so aware of it right now. Yeah. Everyone's so aware of it right now. Because it's impacting us. Right. When it impacts us, all of a sudden our standards change. But there's there's plenty it's always of, there. Like there's plenty of people who have been out of work. Plenty of people who haven't had having a living wage. Plenty of people who you know haven't had um, you know their income uh, taken care of when they've lost work. Plenty of people who've been getting evicted right when they're in the most vulnerable because they right. lost a job and they don't get their paycheck from their new job for a couple of weeks and the landlord just kicks them out. Like all these things that all of a sudden we want to protect people from and we want to stand up for people, those don't disappear as soon as this pandemic's over. And so I, I think really the uh, the biggest opportunity beyond the little ways that we are, can find to, to redefine our lifestyle and our ministry style um, and our approach to, to loving each other and the world is is the opportunity to not forget that yeah. and walk away from it yeah. when this this particular emergency uh, is is over, um, but to allow it to become something that is normal for us to live in, um, so that we can so we can really be a light we've, like we're called to be. We've gotten. Uh, I, I'm hearing that phrase that Jesus said. Uh, to the disciples when they were asking about who's going to be first and can I sit Jesus said you've heard it done like that with these other people he said but not so with you Yeah. and that's how it is and that's how it should be with us the things that other people are doing that don't profess to know not only know Jesus, but follow him should not be the ways that we adopt. We have to stay. We have to remain generous. If you're not generous, become generous. That is what a follower of Christ, that's one of the marks of a follower of Christ. They're generous people. They love other people. They sacrifice for other people. And I love what you said. This is not something that's going to go away just because it won't be as prominent when it's over. Like the needs of people are still going to be there. Um, and we have to be looking how to uh, looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people to let God use us in other people's lives um, and 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 not just during this huge crisis you know um, but yeah not so not so with you yeah. I can't remember where that verse is yeah, no, but for sure, yeah, I think that's a great point. Is yeah, not not so with us, and I think I think right now, like we're the church and us as Christians, we're, we're having to reevaluate everything that we do, yeah, and really make a judgment of what is necessary and what's not what's necessary, not. and maybe what Take was that. necessary that we weren't even aware of was mm-hmm. was necessary. Um, 
uh, one of the really interesting points that came out of our Bible study last night and in the end of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians is Paul is talking about you know, the whole conversation is in the context of the church getting divided up. Some people say, oh, I'm of Paul, I'm yeah, of Paul, yeah. so I'm of Peter. And, and he, he ends that chapter kind of saying, well, you've been given everything. Yeah. You, you, can be, you can be of Apollos, Peter, and Paul. You, you have you have everything the past yeah. the present the future life and death um, because you are in Christ and Christ is in God and and this idea of, of unity and it was interesting because we were talking about how how can we how can we be a, yeah. a, a agents of unity in the church and you know one of the guys in the Bible study was like well uh, how can we do that better in in, in City View Church yeah. before we try to do that like it's we got to do it at home first, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, and there, we were talking about how the in the church we're so uh, we're so intent on creating ministries for all the different demographics, mm-hmm. but have we and by doing that also isolated those demographics from each other? Wow, right? Wow. Where we have mm-hmm. kids ministry and we have youth ministry, and we have young adults ministry or college and career, and then we have young adult millennials, and then we have couples with kids, and then we have seniors and mm-hmm. and. And the whole church is fragmented, and nobody mm-hmm. knows each other. Nobody has a relationship with each mm-hmm. other. Nobody's learning from each other, right? The the kids and the teens are not benefiting from the wisdom of yeah. the the okay boomers, right? 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 right. There's we've we've facilitated this separation, and right now, um, that's it, not possible. Right now, there's this push of everybody having to come together, everybody coming and, together. And, and, and people teaching people new things people having to learn how to use technology yeah. and and uh and reaching out to each other and younger <laughs> generations supporting those who are older who are higher at risk for this virus yeah and, and you're seeing this and god i think god is very much using it as a, a, a instrument of unification in the church our staff and, is just now using whatsapp and zoom yeah and it's like wow it took this for us to get on that page and you know uh, a lot of our it's kind of it's almost half if that but we have we have gen x boom millennial and um and that's about it um and uh so it's like you got the millennials and the boomers they know a little bit more about technology than the than the Gen Xers, um, and the Gen Xers are just coming on like, "Oh my gosh, how do I work this? I don't know." If I... But they're doing it Mm-mm. because of this, and um, it's a uh, it's one of that's one of those gaps yeah. that the bridge is now being built yeah. over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All, so, people, all of a sudden, people are waking up and realizing, you know, I don't have contact information for right. anyone at my church. Right. I don't even right. know who to reach out to. Right to try to offer help or to ask for help mm-hmm. or you know, I think the church is realizing how fragmented we've been not just as the body yeah. of Christ yeah. but even in our individual churches yeah. and and there's an opportunity just like with our families I think a lot of what's happening in the family unit right now through this is the same thing that's happening in the church yeah. is an opportunity to reestablish relationships reestablish unity reestablish partnership reestablish lines of communication um, again like how many pastors like 
personally, directly phone call, contact their congregants for sure. on a weekly basis. But all of a sudden, we have to do that because we don't get to see them on Sunday. Yeah. And even though we're connecting digitally, it's not the same, so we got to check yeah. in with each other. And yeah. I just, I really believe that there's just so, so much that God can do if we let him in, in re, realigning, re, um, Absolutely. restructuring, re, um, prioritizing the things in our life to That's, line up not only with his word, yeah. but, um, ultimately with a new, a new reality a new that reality. is going to bring yeah. a healthier reality. Hey, you got anything to say, woman? Oh, no, you guys are doing great. Uh, anybody with, no one with questions. No one with questions. That's awesome. I hope you guys are enjoying your time at home, for those of you that are home. Uh, those of you that are still at work, hope you are practicing social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're... We will be praying for all you guys, uh, friends and family that have been affected by this uh, directly, uh, COVID-19 directly. Um, God is still awesome. He still He still heals. He still delivers. He still does all that stuff. And um, we are trusting that um, you will find him to be just that for you in this situation. So... We about to sign off because I gotta. I'm going hiking with my family. Mm-hmm. Jesse, what you what you about to do? Uh, I think I'm actually in the office today. You going to the office? Yep. Got to prep for Sunday. You guys are doing online. Online. Yep. Very dope. Very dope. Well, you guys, y'all have an amazing weekend, and we will see you later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. Until then, we'll see you next time on The The Faith Faith Chair. Chair.